Welcome everyone to Autist Talks episode 4. Today we are here with a special guest, Mr. Bonilla. He's a teacher who teaches upper school in Altus Academy. I will be interviewing Mr. Bonilla with Stephanie and Isaac. Let's get started. Hey, Mr. Bonilla, can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up? Yeah, yeah, I can, I can do that. I grew up in Chicago. I grew up first half of my life in the Logan Square area. And then the second half of my life, I grew up in Norwood. So those are both north side neighborhoods. Yeah. Next question is, can you tell us a little bit about your family? Yeah, my family. Uh, so interesting enough, my f- the first place I lived in, which was in Logan Square, I lived across the street from my grammar school, Avondale, and I lived in a multi-unit with a lot of my family members. Lived in the basement with my mom and my dad, and then above us was uh, my grandma, a couple of my aunts, and then above them was my uncle. At the time, he was single, so he was kind of like in the du- like the dungeon or the lair on yeah. top. No one really ever saw him. So uh, I grew up with my family in that house, but then we moved, and it was my mom and my dad, uh, and that was up until I was about 10 years old. So, you know, for the first half of my life, I was with my mom and my dad, and then my mom passed away when I was 10. So then my dad and I, we moved. That's when we moved to Norwood. So it was just my dad and I. And for about 10 years, right, my family was just my dad and me. But then eventually I got married, right, had a child. So now my family today is my wife, Karina, and then my son, Hezekiah. How did you become interested in teaching? Yeah, that's great. So, man, when I was growing up, I really wasn't interested in teaching. And I actually didn't like kids younger than me, like even if it was a year younger than me. I remember being in eighth grade, looking at seventh graders like with disgust, like, ah, these seventh graders. But um, as I got older, around 16, 17 years old, I started to get more into sports. And I noticed that I actually liked to teach kids about sports. So uh, I would shoot around in my neighborhood park, and there'd be kids that were maybe 12, uh, 11 years old, and they would be playing basketball. They would ask me to join. And as I was playing with them, I noticed, man, there's some things that they could actually use uh, that could help their game. So I, I found myself teaching them. And as I began to teach them, I realized, man, I really like this teaching thing. So uh, going into to college, um, I went to a seminary. Uh, it's where you learn the Bible and, and things about theology. Uh, I, I found myself teaching in, in lunch times and uh, teaching people on the streets and then teaching people in, in the youth group. So eventually I, I really uh, began to sharpen my skills of teaching, and then eventually I got my first teaching job at a Christian school called uh, MCA. How did you become interested in this school, Altus Academy? I didn't know about Altus until a couple years ago. Uh, my good friend, Mrs. George, uh, she works here. She's been working here for about four years. Um, I was currently working at another school, a high school, but it didn't work out, and Mrs. George uh, referred me to Altus, and she told me a little bit about it, and uh, I do love private education, and then it was faith-based. So uh, when I was speaking to Mr. Viegas during the interview, he told me a little bit more about it, and I was my interest was piqued, and I applied, and then that's the rest is what's going on now, history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was your teaching experience uh, like before coming to Altus Academy? That's a great question. So, uh, yeah, like I mentioned right before, I was working at a high school over uh, by Chicago and Hamlin 
called Roe Clark. It's a uh, part of the no uh, the noble umbrella, and I was working as a world history teacher, and that was very challenging. There was times where there was maybe thirty students, twenty eight students in a class, and they were very uh, to say the least. Uh, very enthusiastic bunch. They just weren't very enthusiastic about teaching or what I was teaching. Uh, so it was very difficult, but it, it taught me so much. So that was a job that I learned so much about teaching, administration. Prior to that, when I was working at the Christian school, I was actually a, a, a PE teacher mm. and a Bible teacher. And I loved PE. It was really fun. You know, I got to beat all the kids in dodgeball. So that was, <laughs> that was great for me. And then Bible, uh, teaching Bible is one of my passions. So I really enjoyed that, going through certain books of the Bible, teaching them lessons. Uh, but that's, uh, that was my first experience. My first experience was an after-school teacher. I worked with an organization called By the Hand. And mm-hmm. what they do is they work with inner-city kids. They pick them up from school, and then we, uh, we teach them things about the Bible. We help them with uh, maybe life skills, and then we teach them a lesson, and we tutor them. So that was my first experience with teaching uh, for a job. But before that, prior, you know, I mentioned it. Yeah. Taught at church, taught kids how to play sports at times, but yeah. Mm. Has being a teacher level impacted your life at all? Oh yes, definitely. Being a teacher has impacted my life in, in several ways. Uh, one, meeting the students. Um, I think, I think, you know, you can love teaching, but loving teaching doesn't make you a good teacher. Yeah. You know, because you know, you could just love speaking. Right, but if you don't love the people you're speaking to or love the people that you're teaching, eventually you're not going to have that impact. So for me, I, I really love uh, being able to be around students. Um, I love being around uh, uh, kids that they are hungry to learn, and that impacts me because it gives me uh, another sense of purpose. You know that I, I, I'm doing something that's right. Uh, another impact is is really learning about this next generation. So being teaching the last four years. You know, I've, I've seen kind of like uh, another generation coming in, and I've learned so much from them. You know, at times, you know, teachers, what I say is teachers are just professional students. And sometimes the people we learn from are our students. So, you know, I learned maybe different things about culture, background. Like, for example, you guys have taught me a lot about Spanish at times. You know, yesterday I was trying to ask, uh, I was trying to ask Hedman a question and tell, give him an assignment. And, and so much was taught to me at, just at that moment. So... Uh, really learning from my students. And then another impact for me personally is, uh, you know, making those connections with families. Uh, yeah. I really love meeting families, getting to know parents. So that's that's another impact because it's almost like they become a part of your extended family. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite thing about Altus Academy so far? My favorite thing about Altus Academy is the See, man, that's a tough question. I do have one. I was an answer one, but I think maybe I'm going to have to give you two. Okay, one, for yeah. me as a teacher, I do like the, uh, the liberty to teach. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not confined to certain things. Uh, I'm able to, to teach and expand what I'm teaching on. And then, uh, two, I love the uh, respect that students have for not just one another, but also for the staff. There's a lot of... Um, mutual respect going on and you don't see that in a lot of schools so yeah yeah here's Oriana so what was your favorite subject to study when you were in school interesting enough history and why uh, I just loved learning about things that happened in the past I grew up watching a lot of history channel with my dad on the weekends 
and we would learn all about war and battles. Uh, we would learn all about like weaponry. So that was very interesting to me. And then uh, one of my uncles that's a big impact in my life, he's a, he's a history buff as well. And he's also a veteran. So he would always talk about like wars that he was, you know, was interested in. He would talk about his time in the military. So for me, um, just the people that I had in my life were interested in history. And it, had a, it, it led me to love history. So whenever I would go to school, history, and then also English, because I love reading, uh, those two would be the subjects that uh, sparked my interest the most. Is that what inspired you to become a humanities teacher? Yes. So uh, while I was teaching world history, I had a, a buddy who was also a teacher, and we often would have discussions about how history incorporates so much of ELA. And, you know, you can't really... You can't really dive into history without knowing, you know, how to read, knowing, you know, how to use context, knowing how to uh, understand what's being said, the point of what's being said. And we said, maybe you could actually teach history through, um, you can actually teach ELA through history. And that's pretty much what humanities is doing, you know, by giving us um, historical, uh, you know, writings and documents and then historical fiction you're not only teaching things that are happening in history, but you're also teaching, you know, basic, fundamental reading and writing skills. So, yeah, that's that's part of the reason why. It's like my two favorite subjects mashed together. Yeah. That's nice. So, um, next question is, when did you become a pastor at your church? Yeah, so uh, technically I'm uh, a youth director, but the terms kind of get shifted so much. But I started pastoring maybe uh, in 2018. So in 2018... I was 20, how old am I, 27 now. I was 21 when I started uh, pastoring. No, 20, 22, I just turned 22. And uh, I had started uh, pastoring my youth group with uh, alongside my current wife, but she was just my fiancé at the time. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Thank you. Uh, did you ever have a role model or a mentor? Um. Sadly, no, not really. So that's that's one thing. That's one reason why I also love being around youth and being around uh, uh, students. It's because I do love to be uh, a mentor, and mentorship is very important. But I didn't really get to experience that growing up. I was very sheltered. Like I was very, I sheltered myself at times. I didn't really put myself out there. So a lot of it is my fault. You know, I didn't really open up to people. There was a brief moment in my when I was going to youth group where I did have about one or two mentors. But I, w- I never really was consistent in my youth group. I kept leaving, kept coming. So they didn't have a consistent part, point in my life or a place in my life. Um, even in high school, you know, we're supposed to have counselors and advisors. But I didn't even have a counselor or advisor. And if I did, uh, I only met with them one time in all my high school. So, you know, when I talk to high school students now, I notice that uh, they're always frequently talking about their advisors and their counselors, which is good because you do need someone who's older than you, who has more experience than you, guiding you in life not just your parents sometimes it's good to hear from other people that aren't just your parents so that uh, you can get wider perspectives and broader uh, perspectives yeah do you wish you had a mentor oh yeah yeah yes i do i think about it uh quite a bit like (coughs) if i knew more about you know finances if i knew more about you know uh relationships if i knew more about you know the bible if i knew more about life uh from other people then i think that uh not only would i make maybe fewer mistakes, but uh, I would have better, more opportunities growing up. So, yeah, I really, that is, that is something I wish I did have growing up. Right.
So what advice would you give yourself when you were our age? Yeah, I think I would, I would tell myself maybe a few things. One is that uh, to follow Jesus, um, trust in him. Um, another thing I would say is uh, be honest. You know, honesty is such a, a key thing. But a lot of times, uh, especially when I was younger, I would hold things a lot to myself. And I wasn't very transparent. I wasn't very honest. And whenever I would make mistakes, I would catch myself hiding those mistakes. And what that would cause me to do is just kind of almost uh, like drown in self-pity and in depression. So I wasn't honest with my feelings, wasn't honest what I was doing, wasn't honest with my life. So uh, I feel like that's one thing. Another thing I would tell my younger self is to be honest. And then uh, thirdly, I would tell myself to not be afraid of failure. Um, growing up, I was very afraid of failure. I remember being in baseball. It was my first year in baseball. I started really late, 12. And uh, I remember being at bat, actually striking out purposefully because I didn't want to actually try to hit the ball and then miss. So I would strike out, swing at anything, and whether it was like two feet above my head, I would swing. Whether it was almost hitting dirt, I would swing because I didn't want that feeling of failure. So I would definitely pull myself aside and, and tell younger me, don't be afraid of failure. And is there an advice you would give us to follow? Yeah, I would say the same thing. Same thing? I would say the same thing. Um, because, you know, people do change. Like, trends change, and people have different circumstances and different backgrounds. But at the end of the day, we're all people. And people really do have similar, uh, similar problems. You know, the, what, what you're facing may be – the problems you're facing may be dressed different than the problems I was facing as a youth, as a, you know, 13-year-old, 14-year-old. But when you, you know, really unpackage it, they're, they're pretty much the same problems at times, you know. Follow Jesus, trust, trust him. Um, don't be afraid of failure and be honest. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, you know, your, your life will be a lot more uh, fulfilling. Yeah. So what brought you here to teach here at Altis? Yeah, so um, what brought me here was, one, my love for teaching. Two, uh, knowing Mrs. George. And then actually, I know another uh, another teacher works with uh, who works here also goes to my same church, and we serve in the serve in the youth ministry together. Her name is uh, Miss Morales. So, uh, you know, my love for teaching, I love private education. You know, I love Jesus. Right, and this is a faith based school, and then also the people that I, I already have known beforehand that work here. Yeah, so that led me to work at Altus. That's nice. So now Stephanie's gonna ask you some questions okay what's your background my background like uh ethnicity or, uh, mm, or yeah okay yeah I'm, I'm i'm puerto rican i my mom's puerto rican and uh she's not from the island i'm third generation so oh. my grandparents are from the island mm, that's nice what are your beliefs yeah so uh i am a christian I believe in Jesus, that he is God. I believe in the Trinity. Um, I believe that, uh, you know, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So those are my religious beliefs. Um, yeah. Uh, so you mentioned playing baseball when you were growing up. Did you play any other sports? Yes. I. So when I was growing up, I wasn't the most athletic person. Um, I actually just liked to draw, liked to go outside. I did rollerblade. That was like my first thing, rollerblading and then taekwondo and karate. 
But when I turned about 11 years old, uh, I kind of stopped doing those things, and I, I started playing a lot with the other uh, kids my age, and we would play uh, football during recess. So football was my uh, first sport that I liked, but I never, uh, even though I did it in fourth grade, but I was really small and I was getting thrashed around, so I just stopped. But then I came back to it when I was 11. I grew up a little bit. I was a little bit stronger. I uh, started playing football. Um, then I got slightly into basketball, but baseball and football were the ones that I was playing the most at, playing the most. I stopped playing baseball because of the fear thing I was talking about. It was just too nerve-wracking for me to be at, at bat, and uh, I just felt like I wasn't good enough. Football, I was playing, and I played a lot, and I was very aggressive as a young man. I would throw myself at people twice my size, try to tackle people. I, I saw everything as a challenge that I could actually do and complete. So there was a lot of confidence with football. But there was one moment, it was in high school. I was 14 years old, and I was playing with college kids and high school kids. Uh, it was people in my church would gather a bunch of people together, and uh, we would play tackle. No pads, no equipment. And a lot of people would get hurt. I got hurt already three times or two times. I strained my right, my left shoulder and uh, my right knee or my left knee. And then this time was the last injury. And then I kind of quit football. But there was this guy who was like 6'3". He was real heavy. And I was trying to tackle him the whole time. So I think he was annoyed, me, annoyed by me. And it was the last play. And he's charging. He's just bulldozing through everybody. And I'm the last line of defense, and I'm hyped. I'm exhilarated. I'm right now just plotting what I'm going to do. Then he gets closer, and I just notice him. He looks angry, and I get scared. And I never really got scared like that before in football. So I kind of – you have to get low to tackle in football. I, I kind of flinched. I closed my eyes and just lunged myself at him, and I just felt something, his arm or whatever, hit my nose, and I flew. And I blacked out for a little bit, and then when I opened my eyes, everyone was around me. They kind of helped me up out of my knees, and blood was just gushing. Mm -hmm. So I had fractured my nose. That's why it has a little bump. Fractured my nose, and uh, it was the worst night ever to fracture my nose because it was the night of homecoming. Oh. So I didn't go to homecoming. <laughs> I didn't go to homecoming that night. Instead, I stayed home, and my, I got a lecture from my dad how football is dangerous. <laughs> The next year, I wanted to try out for football, and he just reminded me of that moment and said, no, you're not playing football ever. So I would play for fun sometimes, but the sport I ended up getting into was basketball, and basketball is what I stuck with, and basketball is what I play regularly uh, today. And uh, I'm not the best at it, but it is my favorite sport. Oh, that's nice. Okay, besides teaching here at Altus and pastoring, what do you do with your family like on your own time? Yeah, so I have a one-year-old son. He's He just turned a year and a half uh, last week. And right now he's just new. He's new, you know. He's the new guy. And uh, we just try to figure out what we can do with him most of the time. So we go to parks, go to museums. Uh, so we do a lot of things that are centered around him. Um, so I like doing that. But then uh, I also like playing sports, like I mentioned, basketball. Try to play that regularly um, just to stay in shape. Uh, then another thing I like to do um, is I like to hang out with friends. So uh, friendship to me is very important. Um, not just you know having family members, but having genuine friends that could be with you around you is very important. And then you know hanging out with my wife, watching movies, going on date nights. Those are always fun things. So yeah. Um, you said you like basketball, right? Yeah. Um, who's your favorite team or player? Uh, my favorite team is the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, my favorite player, 
Uh, unfortunately, I don't really have one because Derrick Rose was my favorite player, and every Bulls fan knows that there's a there's a real soft spot for Derrick Rose. He tore his ACL back in 2012, and he was never the same. So, like, I don't really have a favorite player because of that. But I do have some players that I, I really love watching. For example, I like well, the person I like watching right now in the Bulls would be Zach Levine. I like DeRozan, but Zach Levine, he has a smooth game, nice jumper. He can drive. He can dunk. Pretty much like my type of player for a shooting guard. I do like playing. I like watching Jokic, Nikola Jokic. He just won the MVP last. Oh, he should have won the MVP last year, and then he won the championship. Um, I like watching Don, uh, Don, Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray too. Two smaller guards um, that kind of, you know, give me ideas because I'm shorter too. So when I'm playing with people, you know, gives me ideas on how to score. So yeah, those are some of the favorite, my favorite players to watch. Well, that's nice. Um, if you could travel anywhere, where would you go and why? That's I guess that's something I also like doing, but I don't do it much, it's traveling. Um, I want to go to Spain. So Spain is the place I would like to go to. Um, it was some. It was a place that my mom really wanted to go to, but she never had the chance to. So for me, I want to go there, and uh, I just want to see all the sites, see all the cathedrals, see all of the you know historical buildings. Yeah. In high school, did you learn new languages or like? This is embarrassing. Yeah. Oh man, this is a hard one because I took four years of Spanish in high school. Yeah, and I know you, and I. I, I feel like I'm just learning now. So I took four years of Spanish in high school and did not learn Spanish. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. Um, what goals did you have in your future, and how will you work on those to achieve them? Yeah, so um, I have goals for, like, certain areas, like, certain categories of my life. Like, for family, um, I do want to have more children. I want to adopt. So I want to have, um, you know, uh, kids that we were able to adopt and bring into our family and make them part of our family. Uh, I want to be able to uh, retire at an early age. That's, that's something that I want to do and be able to focus full-time on ministry. So that's one of my goals. Plan a church. Uh, do a mission trip, full-time, like a, a long-term mission trip, which means go somewhere, either to another country, another state, stay there for a long period of time and, and plan a church. So plan a church and then do a mission trip plant. So those are goals. And then I want to start a not-for-profit one day. I don't necessarily know exactly what it is. My wife and I, we, we often talked about a, uh, a orphanage or a foster home or something like that, but I'm not sure. Um, and then I guess the last goal, I would, I would like physical goals. I, I would like to get a little bulkier, a little stronger, uh, and just stay healthy, you know, throughout my whole life. I want to be like, I want to be 60 years old, 70 years old, playing with my grandchildren. So, yeah. Um, what makes, what make you want to adopt? What makes me want to, oh yes, uh, so there's a couple things. One, uh, is the Bible says that we were adopted into God's family. Like originally we weren't children of God, but God so loved us, right, that he adopted us. He brought us into his family. And I think that's such a beautiful story because, you know, uh, well, you hear a lot of people say that, oh, I, I, you know, I don't. You have to take care of kids because they're your kids, right? And so, you know, you can't really look at that as a good thing. But it's there's something beautiful about adopting because it's a it's a love that, you know, didn't originate, you know, in a, in your body or didn't originate like it's not mandatory. It's not obligatory. You know, it's, it's something you choose to do. 
and 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 it's it's so good you know there's there's you're not really benefiting off it you know it's the kid that's benefiting from it. of course there's the benefit like the emotional one you're, you're seeing this kid you love him but yeah th- so that's those are two reasons why yeah how many kids would you want to adopt um maybe three yeah. three yeah that's a lot. Yeah. But, you know, I, I got to talk to my wife about that. You know, I can't just <laughs> yeah. can't just do it. Right, okay. Yeah. Well, our last question is, what is the word of the day? The word of the day is grace. Grace. Because that's how we're saved, and that's what we need to give to everyone around us because everyone falls short. So grace helps us learn from our mistakes and become better people. Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for coming to Altus Talks. Um, we loved having you here. Thank you. And thank you. Appreciate it. Be sure to like our episodes. I'll make sure to check you guys out on Spotify too. Yeah. Okay. Awesome.